Hey, Club Scouts, it's Michael. Before we begin, we have some new patrons this week. I want to give a shout-out to Megan Morin-West, Victoria Collins, and Mabel Perez. Thank you so much, and thanks to all of our listeners. If you want to check out our Patreon page and support the program, head over to www.patreon.com backslash a Bigfoot Collectors Club. Uh, and now, on to today's show! <laughs> It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this. Guess what? What? That is not a theremin. I know. Shout Scott, out to Lotus Pool. Yeah, I saw Scott, that on the Twitter. Uh, Scott Hartley of the band Sun Eaters yelled at us for getting that wrong. It's some uh, awesome guitar effect. Yeah. Okay, that sounds a lot like a theremin. Hey, man. He, to our credit. He whammy barred it. They're, they're, uh, they're artists, okay? Yeah. <laughs> they're musical artists. Um, I could come up a little bit in my uh, speakers that are all over my ear mitts. On your head speakers? Yeah, yeah my head speakers. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to Bigfoot Collectors Club, uh, the show where we talk to special guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host, a Bryce Johnson. And your producer, Riley Bray. Um, and uh, today's guest guest yeah is sitting here on this beautiful couch she is looking very zen she's really l- soaking in that canyon lifestyle I've right never now looked Girl. zen in my life she's uh she's appeared in films like the dictator the other guys the campaign you've seen her on arrested development and 30 rock she's a brilliant improviser and performer everyone please welcome tara copeland Hi. Um, my scene in the dictator my parents watched it and then they were like we thought you were supposed to be in that movie they didn't know it was me because it was so fast (laughs) it was over so quickly they didn't even recognize me they had to rewind it and find my one moment again (laughs) there's my girl (laughs) at least they watched Hi. Uh, hi. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So nice I'm to have excited. you. This place is gorgeous. We're uh, doing something a little different today. We're actually recording in the house. Bryce, you seem so far away. Thank you. <laughs> is that metaphysically? Or? Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate hey, that. congratulations on getting your cast off. Oh, yeah. Thanks. That's and I got uh, a ditch the crutches and I got myself a sweet little cane. Oh, man. Oh, I'm going to so put cute. a thing up on Instagram. You look like uh, Grandpa's uh, coming up yeah. the stairs. <laughs> I've got a silver you dollar like for you. Hillbilly, rockabilly grandpa, right now. <laughs> it's true. It doesn't Uh-oh, that make was any chair. sense. Oh. It's not a hipster cane. It's a true ass like granddaddy. Yeah, cane. my my wife was at Walgreens. She's like, okay, let's Facetime. I'm near the canes, and I was like, oh, okay. And, uh, she's like, so which one do you want? You guys are that's a, like, you're getting an early yeah. start on this. I'm like, are there any like cool ones? And she's yeah. like, no. And I was like, what's that one that kind of looks like snakeskin? And she's like. <laughs> Ah, uh, that's just green and black. I want that one. <laughs> you need one with like an ivory tip. Like you need one that like it um a sword comes out of it. That's or what I said. I want yeah. one with a that sword. That would be awesome. I know. Yeah. I saw one uh I, I googled cane and then uh, 
the, 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 yeah. old man. Yeah, and, and one came up at Barney's New York, and it had like this ivory monkey head selling yes. for like fifteen hundred bucks. I'm oh. like, why didn't you get me that? You yeah, know, but uh, because we it's a temporary condition. Right? Next week you roll up, you're gonna have a top hat and a monocle, <laughs> coattails yes. to follow. You yeah. slowly morph into the penguin. Yeah, totally. Yes. Welcome to BCC. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh! I know. Um, and uh, Riley just got back from Coachella. Yeah, bro. How was that, dude? You're literally wearing tie-dyed shirt, and what's that around your neck? Oh, this is is my, that the One Ring? This, it's the One Ring of power. It's, uh, it rules them all. It's like an and amulet, it's, like Sophia the First. Black. Did you I, see I that? actually got this. This is cool. I got this. Uh, it's a ram skull. It's, it's sculpted out of bronze, and the artist. It's not cast. It was sculptable bronze. So it was one Whoa. of a kind. She sculpted this thing by hand. That's cool. I got it when I went to uh, see the Great American Eclipse. Uh, oh yeah, in I remember that. Wyoming. Remember when we were all excited about that? <laughs> yeah, and then we just forgot about it. Was that the one that it? Trump looked right at? <laughs> yes. That's the one, That's the very awesome. one. Yes. And then he was like, "There's no such thing as science." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that was kind as of, the, kind like, of manly to just White House scientists you know? replace his eyeballs immediately. Yeah, yeah. I kind of love that attitude. We're like, "Fuck it, I'm going to look at the sun." You can't tell <laughs> can't me tell what to do. <laughs> yeah, it seems like nobody tells um, me. It seems like it's always Coachella. Now that I live in Los Angeles. It's either always Coachella or yeah, we, Burning Man. We, ha- we, we have it every week. Is it now. ever yeah. not it is Coachella, Coachella season or Burning Man season? <laughs> I know. I was like, already Coachella? I went one time like years ago, and that was enough for me. I'll tell you what I came back with. The, the Herpes? The, no. <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> went with my girlfriend, came back with my girlfriend, but I did smoke Upon Snoop Dogg's blunt. Whoa! Oh, no way! And I brought the end of it home. I'm no. Oh, that's great. eBay. You need to put no, that. I'm gonna frame it. You need to put it in a little like acrylic case right, and exactly. just set it on the mantelpiece. Exactly. That's put a little great. plaque that says Snoop Dogg's blunt I, and the date. That's like you know how like the Catholic churches in Italy they all have like. Here's a piece of the cross. Here's sure. like a yeah. bone from now, Jesus' now you toe. Gotta, you got to build exactly. a church on top of it. Yeah. Or a, or a weed shop. <laughs> build a weed shop right over top of it. So I that. have never been to Coachella, but I was at Woodstock 99. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Did Thank you get in infamous. on mudslide? Thank you. Um, and so I don't have I don't any. I have anyone who's been to Woodstock, who went to Woodstock yeah. I was at Woodstock 99, oh, and shit. so I've like never wanted to ever go to anything like that again. What get, was that, that like? Well, so. Because that one. This is sucks, this is a right? good story of your podcast. Muddy. Well, it's the one where a bunch of people got like killed and raped partway wow. through. What? Yeah, and also it, it got really yeah. so. How do we remember? We that? were there. We were there for like the first night, and then we we were like sleeping on top of our car. It was like a to- and it was there was like not enough water, and the porta potties were already oh completely yeah. devastated by the first like halfway through the. This first is like day. that. Uh, what was that big thing that that guy got is getting sued over? Oh, the fire festival. Yeah, the fire festival. Yeah. Did you hear about that? <laughs> yeah, they turned that into a refugee like, camp. Oh, that sounds oh, like wow. litigious. Some dude, some dude, uh, like a promoter, like did this huge, uh, was promoting this huge fest out in like, it was like Barbados or someplace. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like this, like all the images looked like this super hot, super sexy, awesome music festival. And it was like 
really geared towards like bringing like hipster hot people to this thing. It cost a shit ton of money to go to. And they got there and the place was just like literally a dump. There was like a lemonade stand. Wow. There were like folding chairs. No. There was like no, Look and then, up, and then like amazing. a storm came in, like people were stranded. There was like no festival. It was like a huge scam. This was not like, this wasn't this happened like that. like six well, months ago. Yeah. What happened the is guy's like. getting like sued for it right now. Might go to, he might go to prison for fraud. Good. Oh, what happened at Woodstock is it was a really fun day and we were like watching all these artists. That's where I f- like fell in love with Kid Rock. Oh. And for a while I used to have an email address at kidrock.com. Oh, side note, Tara's <laughs> married to Kid amazing. Rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was uh, Tara you Lee at kidrock.com. <laughs> um, but like, so we saw, it was like a really fun day. It was like Alanis Morissette and Dave Matthews and like people who I didn't really, I was like, oh, cool. Um, Kid Rock. It was like a fun day. And then at the end of the day like all the little stages closed so everyone sort of like converged on the big main stage and it was um limp biscuit yeah <laughs> and that's biscuit um, with a z he Fred Durst, I guess. Sure, you got he it. He comes <clears throat> so all these people are like converging on this stage and he comes out and he's like Fuck all that Birkenstock rock. It's time to like tear the and he's like encouraging people <laughs> to like climb the um where the light lights are, like tear shit up. Like and Let's all of a sudden so I'm there with two friends and they and then like the headlining band is um Metallica after that. So Sweet. and I'm there with my two friends and ev- the the energy shifts so dramatically that and I'm not even kidding, we looked at each other, all three of we like share a look and then we go, Let's go home. Wow. And Good and choice. we left. We walked uh, a mile to our car, got in our car, and drove four hours. Good and you, you and as you're driving away, you just saw a giant mushroom cloud. Well, basically, we woke up in the morning, and it was like last night people died. People I didn't know were raped. I don't like, remember it was, the and all, like we just rape. all of a sudden. I don't know if like people. I might be exaggerating, but it was like it got really really bad. I knew it got and weird. We were like we somehow. I don't even know how to like t- like twenty whatever year olds. All of a sudden, we were like. Let's leave. This Smart. is yeah. not at all what we and we had a whole day left of. Well, it's because like, you looked around and everyone else's eyes were swirling <laughs> with those like black yeah. and white swirls. I still and, start- and he was really encouraging that that he was like tear the shit down, like fuck the you know. And so people were like climbing the light stands and shaking, and we were like, oh, we're not. Yeah, <laughs> this I, I still us. do that at like every sporting event. Like it'll be like <laughs> ten minutes left. I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's beat the traffic out. <laughs> like it's a tie game. Don't care. Let's go. Come on, we beat had that fun. traffic. We had fun. You gotta Get beat a, the traffic. Yeah, beer can thrown at your That's head. That's what Grandpa does. Yeah. I don't think Coachella has any of that, but I think Woodstock no, it's, it's 99 ruined me for all of those kind of festivals because I'm like, Ugh. Yeah, they were really keeping the spirit of Woodstock alive. Huh? <laughs> it yeah. was the yeah. worst. Yeah. Peace and love. I had those CDs, though, and they were like, I, there was like a two-disc set, and it was just like black and white and just dudes that were muddy, and I was like, these CDs rock. <laughs> yeah, because the whole thing was on like an old Air Force base God. of some kind, and so it's like there were like hangers, and it was just all just sand and once once water and the porta potty once that happened it turned into mud i just remember like sitting in journalism class like the following you know like week (laughs) after it happened we were just like this is lame these guys are lame because we were like this isn't like woodstock yeah i was like our generation sucks yeah. Yeah. But I think when I was like 19 or 20, like all the, everything was so, like things like that were so cool. And oh. I was from Arkansas. We didn't have a ton of access to stuff like that. Sure. So all and through college, it was like, let's go see every single Of course. I, look, thing. if I had access to do it, I totally would have, I'm sure I yeah. would have wanted to go. And 
Nobody loved Dave Matthews more than you. Is that true? I believe oh, that. Shit. I you could probably you could play him on in a biopic. You could. I smell a spinoff podcast. Oh, God, I welcome to the Dave Matthews Holy fan shit. podcast. Patreon, get ready. It's the Dave cast. Oh jeez. I fucking loved you Dave loved that, Matthews. Huh? I believe that. And I got so much shit for it but then i had a couple friends that of course like he was in a frat and um i was like i remember like one time being like hanging out with my buddy eric and we were listening to dave matthews and i remember like because i had my friends who were like also like really cynical and like snobby and then you know like and into like indie rock and stuff that was like Dave Matthews wasn't cool. And I just remember like driving around with my buddy Eric and and, and his like forerunner blasting Dave Matthews. And I just remember having this moment where I was like, <laughs> you know what? Just thinking to myself, I remember having said I was like Fuck that. This makes me happy. <laughs> I, like, I love the forerunner too. I, yeah. like the I was like, yeah, you know what? Awesome. Everyone else can eat my shit. Yeah. I am happy right now. Matthews That's why you are such up. a good guy. Because you're like, fuck it. I get I to like, be me. I was like, you know what? They're never going to take Dave Matthews away from me. No. Man, oh man. Oh, no man. way. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> here we are. Another episode of <laughs> Dave Matthews Clubcast. Um, I wanted to start, I guess it's too late to start, but I did want to say uh, we're not going to have a BCC News segment this week, but we do want to give a shout out to, uh, this won't be brand news by the time our listeners hear this, but we lost one of the greats this weekend, Art Bell, the uh, grandfather, the midnight radio master, the voice from the desert, the host of Coast to Coast AM radio that we grew up with. Uh, passed away on Friday the 13th, appropriately enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will have, um, by this point, we, uh, we're we going to do uh, uh, put up a Patreon. We've put up a Patreon episode that's a tribute to Art Bell yeah. last week, which um, we're <laughs> going to release to our um, main listeners for free as a Patreon sampler this coming Friday. So you guys will get to listen to that. Um, he but, certainly deserves it. That man, guy was the best. It yeah. was the best. And it was, certainly we would not have this podcast if it weren't for Coast to Coast. Definitely. And yeah. Art Bell. Um, did you ever listen to Art Bell? Did you ever listen to that um, Coast no. to Coast AM radio? So he Some was good on memories. from like, yeah, like I think it was tw- 12 midnight till 5 a.m. in the morning. That and would just... explain it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I always... suddenly don't feel so guilty. <laughs> I know. I always remember it being a hard show to catch. Yeah. Like, it'd be like, you know. It'd always be when you're out, staying out late with your friends and totally. driving around and you put on the AM radio and yeah. you, could, you could catch a show. Um, I don't or, know if I've ever intentionally listened to AM radio. That was the one reason. Except to, to like yeah, hear yeah, traffic really. on the. <laughs> your, well, that too. I guess. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Art Bell, thank you, man. We love you. Big and shout out. Uh, make sure to check out that episode when it's uh, available to you. Okay, Tara. <gasps> Hi. <Hello. laughs> I've already talked so much. What is your a personal paranormal history? My personal paranormal history. What do I think? I, I've been thinking a lot about it because I know it's coming on this podcast. I feel like I'm a total hypocrite because I feel like it's um, – there's – like my personal beliefs are uh, like, um, of course we don't know everything. Like everything is possible. Everything is possible. But um, And it seems like um, 
like hubris to be like, oh, it's po- we the th- only the things I know are the, the things that are possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. there's like I love I love magic and I like the I, I like the idea that like you know ghosts and aliens. I love all of that, but I also like um, think that organized religion is like the worst thing in the world. And mm. so there's part of me that's like, but isn't that just ghosts and aliens? You know, so I like that's my beliefs of like mm-hmm. um, I'm very open to all of that stuff yeah um but i never really had like a you want the story now the actual story <laughs> Your are you ready for it <laughs> i'm like are you so ready waiting for Why? this one well, no. i never I mean, really had like a personal um par- like a paranormal like so you I, never growing up like your house didn't feel haunted you never saw weird lights in the sky no i was more like a kid who would like lay in bed afraid that someone was outside my window to like kill me in <laughs> right, my sleep right, never yeah. like a th- uh, like, but I, like, I, I yeah, I, I just, I have very, I just didn't grow up with See, that, that exactly. that is so funny you say that because, uh, and maybe you guys can relate, I was the opposite. I was never scared of actual people breaking in the house, yeah. which is, should be a very real fear. Yeah. yeah. I was always scared that aliens were going to come abduct me or there was a ghost in the kitchen. Like, that, that was it. Well, because yeah. you can, like, fight back like a, like somebody who's human. You know, that's why, you know, I have a little sword by my bed. But if it's, like, <laughs> an alien abduction, I mean, you know how those go down. Pause. Oh, pause. Sorry. That's so awesome that you, you sleep have with a, a sword. sword by your bed. Yeah, katana blade, man. I got it off. It, it, it should be in a cane. Yeah. Why don't you create a cane casing I know. for it? You're totally right. Have you, Bryce? Yeah. yeah. Have you ever gotten the sword out and checked the house oh, yeah. at night? <clears throat> Maybe once or twice, but um, it's a pretty sweet sword. I, I remember, like, I got it like off the Home Shopping Network, like about like ten years ago. I was like, even better. I fucking need that sword right now. And I, oh, you know. God. But it's like, you know, I, I want I always I have to keep something by my bed just in case it goes down. Right. And I was like, what better instrument than yeah. than that? Because you know, if you move that blade fast enough, bullets will ricochet. Oh off hell it. yeah. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> but you know, I, I mean ha- I have to admit that I used to also keep a sword no. under my bed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it awesome. was also of the samurai variety. Yeah, yeah. Really? And, I didn't know this was a thing. Yeah. And my girlfriend at the time gave me so much shit for it because she's like, what are you gonna do with that? Yeah. And I was just like, if you walked into a house and some huge dude came running at you with a sword, I'm out. Like you would leave. Yeah, hell yeah. No <laughs> doubt about it. Absolutely. Um and but you know, the, like going back to what you were saying, is like if, like you know, a lot of those alien abduction kind of stories, you don't have the ability to move your body. There's a no. there's oh, a yeah. paralysis that comes uh comes aboard with those, you know, yeah. where even if you did have a cool sword by your bed, you're not gonna be able to get to it. Just, yeah, I mean, frozen. I guess I think people are scary enough. Yeah, I don't really need oh, to yeah. add. You're no doubt about that. Um, but I like, like, I I've been like, I have a brother who's really into conspiracy theories. Oh, like, okay. Um, we don't do a ton of those on this. <laughs> but show one of his latest things is like the the Mandela effect, oh. which is like one of my new favorite ideas. What's the Mandela effect? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. No. So there familiar. are. Some hundreds of thousands or even millions of people who remember Nelson Mandela dying in like the 80s in prison. And so 
when he when he wasn't dead when they were adults they and he and then he recently died a few years ago they were like wait isn't he already dead and it's this basically mm. this idea so the other this is big, like the Berenstain Bears the, the other big example of it is the Berenstain Bears do you know this whole thing no so okay don't, when, don't finish the Mandela thing well, and then we'll go. no it's all oh, part of the yeah, same yeah. thing so like how do you think Berenstain is spelled. How do you spell it? B e r e n s t e i n. So yeah, so there's. I love spelling, by the way. Millions of people, and I'm one of them, yeah. who remember it being spelled that way for their whole childhood. Right. It's actually spelled S T A I N. Berenstain. Berenstain. And there's nowhere, and so 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 some people are like, oh, at some point they changed it, but if right. you actually find, and I have my books from childhood, yeah, it is spelled S T A I N. Yeah. And mm. so there's millions of people who remember. Remember it wild. a different and way. And they think that a parallel, we branched right. off into a parallel universe. Or that we're constantly point. flipping in <laughs> right. and out of parallel universes yeah. and, and that um, the reality of the universe we slipped into is the now thing. the reality. And there are, there are lists of memories like that where people, ha- where like huge, huge groups of people mm-hmm. remember something that is not true now yes. or anymore Here's or never thing, was though. true. I learned to read on Berenstain Bears, and I have a very specific memory of <clears throat> spelling out Jan and Stan Berenstain. Yeah, and going and I remember s- sitting in my mom's lap and knowing it was spelled A I N and thinking that was weird because I told her it doesn't sound like that. So I'm I blow that. Well, I remember. My husband is very like this is so dumb, and I this is what I mean. I I'm like, why can't you at least be open to the po- like? Why can't it just be at least possible? Oh, sure. I love that it's I, like a conspiracy theory for kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it includes a lot of different things, and right. Nelson Mandela is part of it. But you know like that was S T E I N is how I remember it, and I grew up in Arkansas, and that is not a common. Yeah. That we didn't have Jewish people in my town. That's not a common spelling, and so he's like, "Well, just that's found such a." Out he's about like, "That's Tara's such a common." Town <laughs> no, I mean, I, I just, but he's like, "That's such a common spell," and I'm like, "It's not. It was not to mm. me." So it it like stood out to me. I think people pronounce it Berenstein, but it was always spelled Stain, and it just no one actually took the time to really look. I remember sitting on my mom's lap and being like, "That's weird. That's not how it sounds." Maybe you're I mean, from the parallel. That's what I'm maybe saying. I was you, born. You were always you here, and some of us reality. joined oh, you at shit. some point. Hey, welcome. Mm. What's up? I was going to baby. Berenstein. Um, Berenstein. <laughs> anyway, so that's the Mandela the, the, effect. The and one that the, feels the like right for up your me alley. was uh, Jack uh, Palance. Was that the guy who played? Curly, sure, yeah. yeah, sure. In City Slickers, I remember, yeah, I remember him dying before he died, yeah. And then that was the one time I have had that sort of thing where I had vivid memories of him dying, yeah. And then like five years later, he was alive again, yeah. and I remember being like, "Wait, I remember when this guy died. It was shortly after he did the one arm push." Well, there are people who are like in school. We did an entire week of like men learning about Nelson Mandela when he died. Mm. I mean, there it's it's like interesting, and I don't know, I don't know if I believe it. I don't, but I am like, why couldn't it? be possible well, like why could why are we like just oh the fact that it's a harumph harumph i don't know it's true so it's mm. not true well like that are we have like entire um our entire society is built on like religion yeah. which is like you can't prove any of that oh, shit yeah. there's like crazy you know so it's like why can't we just be open to it is fascinating to me that i think i think i was even talking about this with somebody this weekend how like um 
there, it, you know, the, the people would be like, no ghosts, no aliens, no nothing. But there is an invisible sky god that like huh. grants us wishes if we are faithful. And it, it, it is, it is, and, and oh, like yeah. that if is. If I eat this little cracker, that then I'm honoring him. Yeah. Main, I mean, hardcore mainstream belief across at least three major religions. Right. And it is fascinating how like people, like you're not even in some cases allowed to argue that. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. It's, I mean, it's cr- it's crazy that, that that we we do really pick and choose what well, our it's beliefs just who, are. Who has the money and the power controls the narrative, and who knows, like two, thousands of years ago, if uh, someone with a different story decided to sell a different story, what we would yeah. believe? You know, Maybe in one of our other universes. I remember I was watching yeah. <laughs> this, this this video. Bud Hopkins, he's like kind of like a oh yeah uh, a UFO founding father, if there were such things, but. He explained it like, you know, and I always loved this. He was like, you know, kind of religious cults are not that they're two in the same thing. They're, they're, you know, just they're, they're different things. But he was like, you know, cults or religions sometimes seem to be, um, you know, all belief and no miracles. Whereas this UFO phenomena seem to be all miracles and no beliefs attached to them. You know, nobody knows what, you know, the, um, the mythology of these uh, supposed uh, alien species are, or what they believe in, or right. why they're here. But uh, but what's happening is is miraculous at all the you know that level of it. It's you know right. unexplainable. It's visible. It's tangible. It's physical, and it's not supposed to be happening in our you know according to our you know current laws of science. Totally. You know? So I always thought that was very very interesting. And and you're absolutely right. I mean, so many people are like you know oh no oh, oh miracles only happened. To couple thousand years ago, you know, they don't happen anymore. And it's like, I don't know, there's some pretty miraculous things going on. It's like, I guess, how do you view and what a miracle is? And you know, what defines a miracle for you? You know, who knows? It's yeah. And who like, you know, who know, I mean, how can we say that we're the only thing that we're well, even that we're the only thing in terms of like aliens and other and other things out in the universe, but even you know, talking about like ghosts and spirits and like energy. Like yeah. I, I, th- I do. So my story is that I, that I believe in energy and I, it, and I'm have, I'm like a pretty, like I love magic. And then I love to know how, what, it, how it happened. Like I love to see a magic trick and be completely blown away and then be like, no, tell me how you did that. Like I like, I believe in science and I think I'm sort of like a, I, I like, I like, real to be real and know things but i also think that there's unexplainable things and i think there's energy and there's um so my story and this is where i should say like trigger warning there's a my story involves a a a suicide in my life so if that hurts shut up trigger warning on that but someone in my life um he uh ended his life and he involved me in the end of his life in a very strange uh those are the details where i'm like oh maybe you don't want to hear all of that i mean we are open to it whatever you want to share well so he he ended his life the day my daughter was born intentionally and there's a lot of other little like details like i was the last person he contacted right before and it was like you know it was unexpected and it was violent and he and i okay to ask the relationship to this person he was one of my students oh yeah and so it's it you know it so there's like all this um 
just murkiness. Like I, I you know, it's like became this thing. So my daughter just turned four. So um, I did some grief, you know, grief counseling, and I and I had like so this is like I had some problems with um, nursing. My mm-hmm. milk didn't come in, so I went to this acupuncturist. And I listen. I've never really like. I it's, I always call that like it's so L A. All these L A. things, but like it's just stuff I'd never done. I'm just before, an Arkansas right? girl from an anti-Semitic town. I, I don't know too much about these I don't needles. Know. It's just stuff I had never in my life cons- like really thought much about. But I was like, the, everyone has said that this can help, and so I went to her, and she is actually um, an acu into it. So mm. she does some like energy stuff too. And I, as she was right by my house and highly recommended. So I went to her and it, she did this thing. She didn't know any of that story. She did the acupuncture. And then she did this thing where she like, um, cleared my space. Mm. So she, she was like, I'm clearing your space so that it's only you. It's only you and your baby. It's only you and your husband. Like she, and, and it was the strangest thing because she didn't know anything about what had happened. It had been five weeks. And I felt this guy, my student, um, I, 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 and I don't know how to explain it. Like I felt him. You felt that energy leave. He, wow. I felt him leave my space. Wow. And that night I went home and my daughter was exclusively breastfed from that day on. Oh, and I wow. had, I had been producing almost no milk. So cut to, um, a couple of years ago, this woman in this I just want to say that's, that's crazy. Well, that's the first step of it. So, and, but I didn't make that connection until this last thing happened. So okay. I haven't worked, I haven't acted got booked an acting job since my daughter was born. And I was just very like, oh, I kind of like lost that. But maybe I, oh, I had a thyroid surgery last summer oh. and I was like, oh, my I just kept feeling like my energy feels. I just I need. I kept saying mojo. My mojo yeah, yeah, yeah. is off. My mojo is off. So I this this Facebook group I'm in. A woman had recommended a year a year and a half ago. Someone had posted this thing that was like alternative healing. Like mm-hmm. give us lists of all. And so this energy healer had been recommended. And this woman had said she's she's changed slash saved my life three times and I can't explain what she did and I bookmarked her on my computer and every mm. once in a while I'd go look at her website. So what happened is after the thyroid surgery and it was about to be my birthday, her name is Jean Ann Allen. I emailed her and said, can I say your name on the podcast? And awesome. she said yes. Um, so I, I just kept thinking my mojo, my mojo. So I emailed her and I booked uh, an appointment with her and that day I booked an episode of Glow. Whoa. So I hadn't worked in three and a half years. That's amazing. So I was like, mm, this this is interesting. So I go and see her and I'm like, She's like, tell me why you're here. And I was like, it's my energy. Like, I just, energy. Like, that's what you do. I don't know how to explain it. I don't. And I said, um, I keep thinking about this um, suicide that happened. And it feels like part of, like, my story, my narrative involves that event. And this has been three years, four years at that point? Three and a half years at this point. I was like, every time I think about the the story of my life, his what he did is part of it. And not only that, it's part of like my, the birth of my daughter and the, and so So, she just like looked at me and she just laughed. She goes, Oh, I got this. Great. This is what I do. And she, what she did, I cannot. The she only she pulls out a samurai sword. She she went under the bed, <laughs> got a samurai sword. But she basically did, and I don't an exorcism. Like I don't know how else to explain it. Well, what did she do physically? So this is it's very hard to explain. 
Um, but I will try. Yeah. And then if anyone goes and sees her, like your experience could be really, really different from mine. But um, and she said to that to say she there's been two times where she's refused like there's been an energy where she's been like no I can't do this so she's like don't make the promise that I can do but she's like two times in her whole career hmm. she's had people that she's turned away but so she does Some this thing just can't help. she can do all kinds of healing right so it's like acupuncture sound therapy reiki there's like all like all these things she does this thing a pendulum where she asks your body what it wants and i've sent dozens of friends to her since i saw her and everyone's everyone's thing is different mine was acupuncture and nothing else Mm -hmm. so she did a little acupuncture and then she like there's some chanting there it's like very hard to explain it's very strange when 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 the sorry to interrupt yeah no please when the when the question of like what does the body want are you thinking of a no, specific answer? not even answer? at all. She's just waving a pendulum okay. and it's answering for you. I'm, I'm just laying there Got like, it. what's... So and, you're not thinking... And especially the first time you go, you're like, well, I don't know what, what's going on. You know, especially right. if you don't... If you're like, I'm not sure what, what's happening sure, here. Sure, sure, um, She... So she did a little acupuncture and then she um, invited him into the room. Okay. Um, asked him why he involved me, like why me? And she said, um, basically she's like, he wanted to be with you. He was Mm. jealous. She never said romantically. And I, my instinct is that it probably wasn't romantic, but she just was like, he was broken. There was something going on. And then she proceeds to like clear. She's like, so she's like, look at you, look at him. Like he's here. His energy is here. She goes through like all my chakras and she like, um, she's like pull put rip him rip him away from and like she goes up my body through my chakras and she's doing some hands-on stuff and he's I and i'm like oh nothing 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 Mm. nothing she gets to um my my heart chakra and i'm and all of a sudden i'm like oh like i can and she's like tear tear it tear him away push him away and i'm like and i can feel it like it's heavy i'm like uh uh and so and she's like you i can feel her straining 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 and then all of a sudden it's like gone and i'm like okay that was weird like what was that and then she goes to my where my thyroid is which i've just had this thyroid surgery and this is where um your like voice and your creativity is basically all held in this chakra um and i'm like getting a little emotional because that all of a sudden right there it was just like i can't it was like a fight like a fight Mm. and she basically did this thing where she she, i rip him away i send him away and she sends everyone she sends it with love sends it away with love unconditional love it's all about unconditional love and so she clears me she clears my whole body of his energy she says she changes my energy so that he can never find me in this life or any other again and she creates a ball of pure light and pure energy and places it inside of me so anytime I hear his name in any context ever it makes me feel powerful and makes me feel stronger and you know Listen, I it's funny because I was saying like I listened to Scott's episode and I was like I can hear I can hear that in my head like um, the the like you know what I needed it of course I, I needed I'm it. I'm gonna but have it her put like... a ball of light in me so I can never hear Scott's <laughs> voice. But you know you can hear I can Just hear kidding, all the Scott. skeptics. I can hear like I I'm very aware of it. I have such a huge dose of that myself, so I don't no, tell okay. the. But it, she absolutely changed my life. I have like worked a bunch since then. Yeah, I. 
I, you know, I, my daughter's fourth birthday came and went and I never thought of him once. That's all good. Um, and I don't think of him anymore as a thing that happened to me. I think of it as like, and she said to me, she's, she does this. She said, I do, I like suicides all the time. She's like, I've almost never heard a more fucked up story than what happened to you. It's like a huge trauma. So traumatic, so manipulative. Yeah, too. and there's like details I didn't even, like he changed his name to my daughter's name on Facebook what? right before he did it because her what? name was like, no, I knew what her name was going to be and this I stuff's... shared it with everybody. There's all kinds of little things. Mm. And like, I mean, listen, without knowing... six months ago, I telling this story, I would be here like sobbing yeah. and I'd be apologizing. I'm sorry, you have to hear this. Like I... Like I almost never would tell anyone that story, and it was such a like weight on me. Yeah, and she, I don't. It's like to me now, I'm like, oh, that's. I'm I know just... that it it happened, and I was, and that it happened kind of to me at me, but like it wasn't about me anymore. It yeah. doesn't yeah. feel like my. Well, because it never ultimately was no. but you were that the victim in that attack yeah there was and it created sure. a trauma for me that needed to be cleared and That's so i'm glad you were able to find up. the 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 person who could channel the proper healing for you yeah. because listen you know we we don't go to these indigenous tribes and find their shamans who have like you know traveled to that spirit world and who are able to come back with healing knowledge for their yeah. tribesmen and go that's crazy that's you know what right. i mean because they don't have western medicine that's right you know they don't have emergency rooms and doctors but yet somehow some way they're able to heal um, the sick, they're able to heal uh, psychosis. They're able to heal all kinds of stuff yeah. because they are traveling to bounds that you know we may not know about or we may not be invited to, but yet they come back with healing knowledge. You well, know? And you so, have to think there are people in this world that have healer. access to energy. Like if you think about the, the how much of our brains we don't even use, there have to be people that have access to different things that we don't all have access to. Like I, I feel I'm someone who like I see coincidence and, and stuff all like all yeah. the time. Everywhere I go, I'm like, oh, that, that, th th all yeah. these things are connected. And then there's some people with nothing is connected in their life. Like who it, it just seems Carl improbable to me. Synchronicity, you know, and he coined that word and he was able to, um, I forget who, uh, there was another famous scientist uh, in his office that was like, you know, I don't believe in that stuff. And he was, sure. and uh, it, it, and Carl Jung, like, something's about to happen on the bookshelf. And literally something did happen on the bookshelf. Uh. And he was able to like, you know, this is what I've called, this is what I've coined, yeah. synchronicity. Now, I don't know what that is and I can't explain it, but I know that yeah. there is an energy, there is a force in the universe that has uh, compelling, you know, um, influence over our lives, yeah. you know, You're, and to call yeah, him crazy uh, is Here's what I think about crazy. this stuff, is that, um, she absolutely, I mean, this sounds like you saw a shaman. This is basically yeah. what a shaman does. And I feel like, you know, in Western civilization or modern civilization, we, we tend to run and live our lives in very narrow lanes. You yes. know what I mean? We're sort of slaves to the clock. We're slaves to our job. We're slaves money. to money. What's on TV, what's on the internet, what's mm -hmm. on our phone. It has become... Even though we have access to more information than ever, I think it, I think we are getting more and more boxed in, yeah. in in many ways. And here's what I and the, and the thing is like there isn't there aren't a lot of places like Bryce said like you know 
if if Bryce's heel breaks, we know where to take him. We right. go to the emergency room, and a doctor checks out, and that is good. We need that. We need that Western medicine. We need that. That is stuff that works. It's provable that it right. works. There are methods that that do heal. And yeah, it, thank and, God for that. And yeah. and and um, I'm not going. No, no, no science no, no. here. Of and I'm not. not. And, and, of course and, not. And you know, I'm not saying that it isn't good to have alternatives to that as well. However, we struggle in. In I think the in Western society to even bring ourselves to go to a therapist, yeah, to talk about our feelings. That's still especially in my parents' generation. Oh yeah, I think it still carries a big uh, stigma around. Of course, yeah. So we definitely need, and I think for for some people, I think this is where the church really does bring a lot of comfort for people mm-hmm. that they can they can turn to the church and they can turn to prayer as sort of a healing method. But we don't have there's not a conversation about where do I go to get that monkey off my back about this fucking bullshit that happened to me. It's very hard to find places um, to heal us in that sense. And we need that. We do. And here's, I feel about is look, what I hear from you is that whatever she did got results. Yeah. It worked. And it doesn't fucking matter what she was doing. It doesn't matter in my opinion, she could have been phoning that in. I don't think she was. It wasn't. Based on your I, story. I mean, I can save but, in the but, room with her. Yeah, but yeah. I'm saying like she did something. It got results. That's all that matters. Yeah. And that that to me is where you know this falls in line with a lot of like magic with the K chaos magic mm-hmm. and ritual magic. It's sort of like, well, is this really working? Does is there is this is magic a thing? Right. Well. Maybe, maybe not. But what, but what is often undeniable are the results yeah. that happen as a result of it. And I want to say too, I have, I have friends who have gone to her. I have a friend who went for postpartum anxiety, never felt it again after that day. And I have three. I know three people who have gone to her for chronic physical pain, and have not felt wow. physical pain after. Wow. And 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 that was not something that I considered. Like someone who had like a slip disc and for 10 years it was just chronic pain in her neck and then after seeing her I'm, no more pain. I, I, I might go see this woman. This I, I have oh, sent I what so many people to her and there and only one person has said I didn't actually feel better. Right. But she also months later was like I wasn't ready to yeah. feel better. It took a lot of other stuff I, for me. I think it's okay too sometimes, you know, when we're dealing with stuff whether it's like um you know, grief, which is something that I've dealt with, yeah. or um, some sort of internal pain, or even maybe, I, you know, I, I don't want to speak, I'm not an authority on addiction at all, but somewhere along the line I heard that you should name these demons, mm-hmm. that you should per- personify them in, in a way, and go, okay, I've got a demon called depression, and it's not me, it's a separate thing for yeah. me, and figure out a way to kind of like cast that out i don't know so in some ways it's able it's you're able to identify and separate it from yourself i've always took kind of like an arthurian like tactic like like addiction is my dragon and i have to slay slay it it, you know uh um which is true i i have an addictive person and i've been able to like you know um listen you know i think suffering in in tremendous amounts can bring people to alternate states of consciousness and and you know like you said if you know that person might not have been ready or whatever but when you're suffering you're going to be open to to remedy and and you know uh suffering in and of itself can be so powerful that it can actually change 
um, your psyche, your psychic energy. And, and you know, it, and people might be able to pick up on this, whether yeah. it's through a pendulum or whether it's through crystals or whatever. And, and you know, I, I don't know the science behind that, I you know, and but I don't think, you know, you have to. Right. Um, it's like Mike was saying, you know, as long as you're you're looking for you're looking for appeasement of pain, yeah. you know, and, and you know, I'm glad and it you was, found it. And it was it. great because it wasn't like she just did a bunch of stuff to me. It was very much you need to move remove this. And so maybe it was just me doing some work, some mental work. Mm-hmm. And but I like I just do. I think energy and when I when you talk about like even like, you know, ghosts and spirits, it's hard not to like think like, of course there's energy. There's an energy and we don't have access to all of it or maybe we do. And, and I feel very open to that. And I'm, I'm like someone who's a skeptic until I'm not. Mm-hmm, you know what sure. I mean? I, I'm a skeptic or oh, I'm, I'm an open to everything. So like, are aliens true? I don't, I don't know. Probably they're not. But if I saw one, I would be the first person on the, like going like, oh, everybody guess what? Yeah, it's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I think sometimes it just takes a, a firsthand experience for some of these things to really get a whole you know yeah. obviously speaking as somebody who's had weird experiences I'm totally like, okay those are well, those are my favorite cases are the are you know for an, for an example we did an episode on uh on a guy named roger lear who was a doctor who ended up in the in the latter part of his life taking implants out of uh you know supposed alien abduction abduction patients uh-huh. and uh he has a movie out uh i think it's called patient 17 it was his last patient but here is a guy who was a complete skeptic of this whole thing, you know, yeah. didn't believe in that stuff, didn't want to believe in that stuff, you yeah. know? And and here he's confronted with this uh, this life-changing paradox of him, you know, pulling something out that is, you know, non-earthly material. Yeah. And, and him being confronted to go, you know... I, I don't know what to make of this. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to make anything of it. He was a religious man, uh, patient seventeen, and then you know he was just forced to confront, um, you know, these life altering, you know, which really just changed his whole paradigm of what he believed. And not to say that he went from skeptic to believer. I mean, I think he went from skeptic to uh, questioner. Sure. Like, what the fuck is going on? That's smarter. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, you know. Like, <laughs> I think, and that's the that's the approach Mike and I have always taken is like you know we don't know the answers, you know. I don't think that we'll ever get to the answers, yeah. you know. But but what's more important than the answer is having the question, you know, yeah. like well, what is that or what could that be or why is that, you know. I think uh, I think this world is so mysterious, and then for those of us to close ourselves off to. Uh, to, to the question of mystery, I well, think is a, is a big disservice. Too, right? Just be open. Sure. There was some. I'm not. I'm gonna totally butcher this, but there was some study. We do it all the time. <laughs> all the time. There was some like study at Harvard where they they um they stu- they like took a bunch of people and they who let's say they took 50 people who said I'm that I'm lucky who feel lucky and mm-hmm. they took 50 people who are like I'm I'm an unlucky person and so they did this study where they gave them like a, a magazine or a newspaper to flip through and they said every time you see this word or this phrase circle it and at the end of the that's like the experiment and at the end we'll you know you'll get fifty dollars or something and on one of the pages they wrote um if you read this uh show it to the the guy in charge of the study and you'll get five hundred dollars and so like 
um, like vast majority of the lucky people who consider themselves lucky saw that and got the $500. And then a vast majority of the people who considered themselves unlucky, they were only looking for the phrase. Wow. Yeah. So they didn't read that. They didn't read, they weren't paying attention. They weren't open yeah. to something. And so I think that, that that's part of the struggle of this life is just being open to things that could be happening. And, and yeah, that's what I think being a lucky lot of is, is being observant. Is being observant and seeing an opportunity when it yeah. arrives and go and you can often go man that was lucky that i saw that i've i mean jobs have fallen in my lap yeah. that way where i'm like oh shit had i not been paying attention that never would have happened totally well and it's like easy this to, podcast yes exactly yeah. when we met on an yeah. amazon that was, podcast yeah. that was <laughs> yeah. pretty lucky yeah. absolutely you know and I, I feel if like and this is kind of easy to get behind if the brain is kind of like a receiver which you know we receive information and you know we're able to teleplay what's back out there you know if you're on an operating uh frequency that says hey, i'm lucky you know your brain is going to pick up certain things you yeah know? cast a wide net throw back the bad fish yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely it's uh, it's the same as that placebo effect they call it you know you take a sugar pill mm -hmm. and you give 50 patients the sugar pill you give 50 patients the uh, the penicillin and uh, those who think the sugar pill is penicillin has this exact same results as those. Yeah. Are, so what's happening there? That's you know, the, what's the science behind that? That says that the mind, is, your mind is, is so yeah. much more powerful than, than than our current science even has a, an understanding of, of, you know? Yeah. So mind good now. You feel good. Yeah. Tara, you're good. Yeah. I hope good. that story was okay. Oh, it was, it awesome. was okay. It was, it's yes. heavy. It's a heavy no, story, no. but no, no, it's no, no, just no, no. amazing. One of the best things about An the show is people come on and they're like, no, I don't really have much. And then you're like, oh, well, I mean, there was this exorcism. Yeah. Well, that, when, right. he, I, when he told me about the podcast, I was like, I think I have a perfect story for you, but it's not really about aliens. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's about something a little bit different. But It's the unknown. It. It's the it's, paranormal. Yeah. It's it's what's not normal. And yeah. we haven't heard anything like that yet. Yeah. So it's fantastic. Well, she's amazing. JeanAnnAllen.com, if you you are looking for cool. an energy healer. We'll throw up a, sh a show link, uh, a link oh, in cool. our show notes. Great. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's time for High Strangeness. Sweet. Today, we're, we, this is a, uh, another listener request. This was actually from our friend W. Dave Keith of the Talk of the Town podcast. Nice. Um, I know it's a Kansas City centric uh, podcast, but it's very universal in its love for tacos. So Who doesn't I tacos? recommend anybody. You've heard the uh, ad on our show. We swap <laughs> ads with Dave. Um, you should definitely check it out. It gets better and better with every episode. And Dave is a really funny guy and a good host. So today, our topic of high strangeness. I don't know if any of you guys know this one. It's the Green Children of Woolpit. Never and heard. Not familiar. This is kind of the. I didn't plan this. This is sort of the perfect story for today. <laughs> Um, so this story takes place as one of our oldest stories that we have. It's in the 12th century in uh, England, either at the end of King Stephen's reign or the beginning of King Henry II. Thank you for clarifying Yeah, that. well, there's... <laughs> that makes a big difference. I know, well, there, people who are trying to figure out when and if this story actually took place, there's some debate about this. Okay. Um... There is no mention of this story in the Anglo-Saxon Chronicles, which covered everything up to King Stephen's uh, reign. 
and also covered a lot of had a lot of weird stories or stories of wonder that they called at the time. So uh, some historians, this is kind of a nerdy. This is this has some. This story is kind of like if you are into English history and you're kind of nerd nerdy about this stuff, this is a good one for you. Um, and since it wasn't mentioned in the Anglo-Saxon chronicles, they think that it probably happened around the beginning of King Henry II's um, uh, term. Term. <laughs> it's for your his term. election. <laughs> yeah, his election. Um, so this took this place. Is, are you going to go into a Hamilton-style <laughs> R&B musical about this green so children? Great. <laughs> so the village of uh, this takes place in the village of Woolpit, which was short for Wolf's Pit. Because uh, this, it had a bunch of trenches and holes dug out to trap wolves. Mm. Uh, it was an agricultural town, a village uh, out in, in Suffolk, England. Um, so there's lots of fields and farming. Uh, this story is recorded in two historical accounts from around this time. The first of which is William of Newburgh, uh, a monk from Yorkshire who recorded the account in his Historia Rerum Anglicarium, the history of English affairs. I, no, I'm not good with Latin. Um, and he probably heard this story secondhand. So some of the details are a little, uh, less specific, but, um, uh, but he he put it in his story. He actually was skeptical of whether or not this happened, but he felt it was of such significance that he had to include it in his history. And he died around 1198. Um, and then <laughs> Ralph of Cogshell is a, an abbey from Essex in his history tome, uh, Chronicon uh, Anglicanum, which is, translates to the English Chronicle. Again, sorry for all you Latin lovers for butchering that. He died um, about 30 years after after uh, the monk uh, Newberg. And he actually, Ralph actually interviewed some people who were eyewitnesses to this thing, including uh, Sir Richard DeCown, who we'll meet shortly. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So one day, uh, reapers were harvesting in the fields outside of Woolpit when they saw two children emerge from one of the pits. And the first thing that they re- realized uh, was that they spoke a very strange language that they could not understand. They wore strange clothing of unrecognizable materials, and their skin was completely green. Hmm. Does it mention how tall these the things lead there. are? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it's in the title, The Green Children of Woolpit. Uh, but um, they found these, these a little boy and a little girl. Okay. And they looked, they thought they were sickly because of the green color, and they looked lost and frightened. They could not understand what they were saying. So they were taken to the house of Sir Richard DeCown, who was sort of like the big shot in, in Woolpit. And they tried to feed the kids... Uh, food and nourishment, and they refused everything. They wouldn't take milk, they wouldn't take bread, they wouldn't eat anything, and they were just like upset and crying and visibly distressed. Mm. Um, and after a few days, they brought them broad beans, which are fava beans. Um, and and they they said they gave the kids yeah they gave the kids the husks, and they 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 the kids didn't. They pulled it open and found the pods, and they started crying because they didn't know how to eat. And then they opened up the pods for them and gave them the individual beans. And the kids like went crazy and just started eating raw broad beans. Mm. And that was what they were they just ate for like weeks, according to them, or days or whatever, as they they got better. 
Um, and eventually, I think they say it in Newberg's account, like after many months, they learn to eat bread. Mm. So there's just like these weird kids that don't speak English, don't speak any recognizable language that are eating these beans. And everyone in town is like going, what is, what's up? Um, that's what they said in England. Back yeah. What's what, up? What, up? what is up? <laughs> these so um, they, they baptized both children. Of course. Of course they, did. they were like, <laughs> let's get these. These kids fast. And shortly after the baptism, the boy got very sick and depressed, and he actually died. Mm. But uh, according to the accounts, the girl uh, got healthy and actually thrived and assimilated in uh, into the Wolpitian culture. Um uh, and eventually the green faded from her skin. She learned English and was said to go on to marry a man from King's Lynn. In some accounts of the story, some sources say that she took the name Agnes Barr, B-A-R-R-E, or Barry. Um, so once she learned to speak English, uh, and we have to assume this is taking over, you know, this is a slow burn of a story here. Sure. As she, you know. She told the locals, and I think a local, um, not Newberg, who recorded the story, nor Ralph, who was in Essex, but she told a local minister, he interviewed her, and he asked her where she came from. Where were you before this? Yeah, where were you before this? Exactly. And she said that she and the boy had been brother and sister, and they came from a place called the Land of St. Martin. And when the minister heard this, he said, are, are you Christian? Are you Christian there? And she said, yes, it's a Christian land. And he said, does the sun rise and set there? Which is a very interesting next question. And she <clears throat> said, the sun does not rise and set as I have become accustomed to here. And, but our, our uh, St. Martin's land is a land of perpetual twilight. Mm. She says, it looks like it does when, what you call twilight. And she said that, um, but her her land, St. Martin's land, was uh, separated from another luminous city that she could see, and they were separated by a wide and considerable river. Um, she said that, um, according to the Newberg account, she and her brother had been tending their father's flock when they heard a strange sound that she said sound like church bells. She said, I've come accustomed to this sound that you call bells. And my brother and I were in our father's fields, and we started hearing this weird sound, and we became entranced. And they sort of went into a meditative state, a weird state. And when they came out of it, they were just in, they were suddenly in wool pit coming out of one of these wolf pits. Hmm. Um, now, in Cogshell's account, the latter account, um, the one that he actually interviewed uh, some of these eyewitnesses, uh, his account, the children had heard the bells from a nearby cave, and they wandered into the cave, became lost, and then when they emerged out of the cave, they emerged in Woolpit, and they got lost looking for a way home, and eventually that's when the Reapers had, had found them. Some sort of portal, it sounds like, perhaps. That sounds so, like Outlander. Um, yeah, so according to Ralph of Cogshell, Agnes went on to marry and became a servant of Richard de Cown, who described the girl to the abbot as being wanton and impudent. So, uh, you know, this story has its own brand of old-fashioned misogyny in it as well. Sure. Um, so the story was passed on, and it was re-recorded for many generations. It became 
quite popular again in the 19th century, being retold in John Keaty's The Fairy Chronicles. Mm. Um, it also shares similarities to the folktale Babes in the Woods, which was first recorded um, written down, although it's probably been passed orally for generations, in 1595. And Babes in the Woods is about two children being left for dead in the forest by a wicked uncle. And parts of the Green Children account were even later adapted into the the story of Babes in the Woods, including setting it in near near Woolpit in these stories. Um, so th- this story may have just ended up actually being an inspiration for that folk tale. I mean, I was going to say it sounded very Grimm's tale. Very it, Hansel it, and Gretel, yeah, right? it's very Hansel and Gretel, um, and so. Some people think this story could mean that the children were forest spirits. There was the Thetwood uh, Forest that was near Woolpit, so they think because of their green skin, they may have been some type of forest spirits or fairy folk. Um, some people think that they might have come from a subterranean kingdom somewhere in the hollow earth, which is would explain the, the perpetual twilight. Or from a parallel dimension, which also could be the same dimension as the fairy dimension. Mm. Berenstain Bears. Uh, Yeah, or the Berenstain Bears. Um, In 1996, Scottish astrologist Duncan Lunan, which is a perfect name for a Scottish astrologist. (laughs) It's almost too perfect. Yeah, it's almost too perfect. (laughs) He, and this is a wild one, he thought, he hypothesized that the children were transported to Earth by a malfunctioning matter transporter from another planet that's in synchronistic orbit with the with Earth that ancient aliens had taken and colonized Earthlings there a long, a long, long time ago. It's a wild these theory. kids, yeah, so I don't know where he's ancient getting this aliens information. Aliens is my favorite. Yeah, I know. It's my parents stuff. are obsessed with that show. Um, so yeah, so this this is a short one. And it's a weird one, but that's the story of the green children of Woolpit. And if you go to Woolpit today, like like the Flatwoods Monster or the Mothman in um, Pleasant, uh, not Pleasantville, was it uh, uh, oh Point Pleasant? Point Pleasant, Virginia. Um, they have sort of become mascots of the town. This is a well-known story. This has become part of the town's history. And it's written down in two historical accounts, but there's no explanation that is satisfactory mm. of where and when these kids, uh, from whence they came. Not only that, she got uh, integrated back into modern society, and she married and probably had yeah. children. And-, and turned out to be sort of a, um, a slut, according to... <laughs> are there still, like, descendant, her descendants and they, her, like... There are some people, and I think that um, the Scottish astrologist Duncan Lunan claim that uh he can trace her bloodline down and there there are some modern living ancestors of them but it's just tricky because historical records are so bad back then i mean uh we can't even be sure what day uh shakespeare was born on or died you know um so it all kind of depended on what people usually that i think and uh, this is hopefully my memory serving me correct a lot of times that um birth records it was more about when the baby was baptized or the child was baptized so that's sort of like church records they were lucky they had a monk in the area yeah who could write this stuff down so it's just historical records are really strange and some people think that this may have just been a folk tale but it is there are supposedly are eyewitness accounts to this this thing happening so when we come back from break we're going to ask you got Tara, your work cut out for you yeah what the hell was that what <laughs> exactly kansas city 
Food-wise, a city famous for its barbecue. But that's about to change. My name is W. Dave Keith, host of the podcast Taco the Town, and I believe that Kansas City is one of the most underrated, underappreciated, up-and-coming taco towns in the USA. On Taco the Town, we will shine a light on all the amazing tacos Kansas City has to offer. Kansas City is a great taco town filled with a variety of untapped taco stylings and flavors, and on the Taco the Town podcast, we won't stop until we've tasted every taco in the town. No taco table will go unturned. Each episode, we review a new taco Taco joint with a special guest. We share taco memories, discuss taco topics, and put tacos to the test. We check the latest stories in taco news, and no taco is off the table on Taco the Town. If you love tacos like I do, you're gonna love Taco the Town. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and Google Play. That's Taco the Town. Okay, Tara, 12th century England, W-T-F. world community, W-T-H-W-T. We've already talked about parallel universes and that I think that those that that's possible. So also love the Outlander books. So maybe they went yeah, through a Stonehenge. Love it. <laughs> maybe they actually got sucked through a Stonehenge. And all I can think about is their poor parents who never got to see their babies again. Yeah. And yeah. that's my that's my mother's intuition. Totally. That when I hear stories like that, I'm like, <laughs> I know it's so sad. And then the boy dies. Well, and, and if it was just one, you could be like, oh, there's you know whatever wandered away from home or whatever. But it's two kids. Mm. Wish the boy had lived. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have a couple um, theories I'm going to throw your way. Let me. I mean, let, I think. I feel yeah. It. I mean, who knows? Maybe they lived in a cave. But clearly, there's some transport. Transport. You know, it, totally. I, I, I immediately was reminded a lot of those those uh, those fairy stories that uh, th- that I've read about, where even sometimes like the missing time can be so great, where like. You know, they'll stumble. Uh, some young child will stumble upon some either fairies making a circle or fairies playing near a cave or something. Well, and this mm-hmm. also has some parallels to the Jacob Jacobson story we did on it the really campfire does. stories on the Patreon. Well, um, where like a lot of time goes. Yeah. yeah. So these children, let's say for example, they're you know he's uh, let's say if it's a boy or a girl, you know they stumble upon some fairies either like creating a circle or doing a fairy dance. And or, once they step in the circle, they're transported to the fairy. Not realm. only that, or sometimes they can even be invited. Hey, would you like to come to our fairy land with us? Or and maybe under spend mounds. The night? And so they they do. They accept this invitation, and what appears to be only like either a couple hours or overnight. Once they come back and once they're introduced back into their world, um, what they think time passes only being a day or so sometimes can be up to like 10 or 12 years. Like Captain America. Yeah, there's physical, there's (laughs) actual accounts where these kids will come back and they're like, you know, their parents will be like, you know, crying. Like, we thought you, you know, you've been missing for like 12 And they come back years. as a kid still. Yeah. There was a TV yeah. show about yeah. that. There was, um, and also we see that in, in reflecting like the Narnia books. It was a reverse where it the kids on go into Narnia. TV show. And they, oh, there was a fairy, yeah. There was a fairy world oh, on your TV show. Oh, that's a perfect example. Show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sookie was taken into the fairy realm. Yeah. And when she came back, I think a year had passed for everybody else when only a couple hours had passed for her. In Narnia, it was the reverse. The kids went to Narnia. They grew up. They 
they became kings and queens of Narnia. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. And then when they come back at the end of the book, yeah. it's this, within the same rainy afternoon that they had, and they're well, suddenly children again. On Doc McStuffin's toy hospital, <laughs> yes. when she goes to the toy hospital to care for all of the toys where she's the chief resident, You're no right. time passes, and she goes back home, no time has passed. Right. What, what's up with that? That is, uh, we need to investigate Doc McStuffin. That's what you do after seven seasons when you're like, what? we cannot think of more ideas <laughs> yeah. for store, for toys in our neighborhood. You know, so, there's, there's a scientific basis for time functioning like that, too. Like, if, if you're traveling near the speed of light, you're yeah. experiencing time differently than the people that are back where you go. So if you go out into space and travel near the speed of light for a year, I don't know exactly what the numbers would be, but when you came back to Earth, you'd be much further into the future. There no, was that's a, exactly right. Those were yeah. Einstein's thought experiments yeah. right, of exactly. him uh, traveling in a, in, a, in a beam of light particle. He would often like extrapolate what would happen back here on Earth. Okay, so I got a couple theories I'm going to throw your way about All these right, kids. All right, and we'll sure. say like yes or no. The first was um, they thought that the kids' green skin might be due to arsenic poisoning. Mm. And this was also an element that was found in the Babes in the Woods story, uh, a later adaptation of the story where um, the, the children were poisoned with arsenic by their uncle and then survived that. They um, Arsenic was made, I, I think, with green dye. So they would associate the color of green with arsenic. Uh, but but it does not turn you green if you're poisoned. So that's a little bit of an inconsistency. Um, the other theory was that, and this is sort of the prevailing, um, this is probably what happened, but there are some flaws in this theory that we'll get into. So one of the theories is that the kids were actually Flemish children of um, immigrants that were living in that area and had been living in that area for generations. Um, and this is a theory that was put forth in the Fortean Times by writer Paul Harris, who suggested that the children were offspring of Fe- Flemish settlers that were killed by Henry II soldiers during the Battle of Fornham St. Martin, hence the name The Land of St. Martin, which uh-huh. was just 16 uh, either miles or kilometers from Woolpit on the other side of the River Lark. So it, there we have the St. Martin's name, and we have a river that separates um, her land from from ours. So he's looking for a geographical aspect. He's looking for geographical aspects of where these kids actually came from. Sure. Now, the kids would have had survived the Civil War, uh, ran into the Thetford Forest, heard the bells of Bury St. Edmunds, wandered off to follow those, got lost in some mines, and then eventually (laughs) popped out in Woolpit. And the green skin, uh, Paul Harris uh, theorizes, was due to chlorosis, which is a symptom of malnutrition. So Mm. if they'd been out in the woods for all these times, they may have gotten sick and their uh, skin had turned green. However, uh, the Bells of Barry St. Edmund, um, those are over 40 kilometers away from the Thetford Forest. So it would be very difficult for these kids to hear those bells from where they would have been hiding uh, from Fordham St. Martin. Um, and it's doubt, so it's doubtful the children could have heard those bells. And the distance, if you add up the distance that Paul Harris's sort of like geographical map matches out, it it it, it would have been too many miles for two little kids to travel well, in the wilderness. Miles I know is it, too much even for that two little kids is a lot for two little kids. It sounds in, a little swamp in the wild. To me. <laughs> so also the River Lark. It's much more narrow than the considerable river that Agnes described being near uh, her homeland. Her homeland. Also, the although f- if you're little, something course. small looks big of to you. That's I don't have a problem uh, no, no, with no. that one. Yeah, um, the Flemish people. <laughs> no. 
who were killed at Fordham St. Martin's were actually not the merchants and settlers um, uh, that had been immigrants and, and settled there for a long time. They were actually Flemish mercenaries that rebel knights had hired to help fight them, help them fight King Henry's soldiers. Um, so, so they wouldn't have come with their kids. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's the point. They would have not brought their children to this battle. Um, and then finally, it would have been very unusual that no one in Woolpit, especially an educated man like Richard DeCown, wouldn't have recognized a Flemish tongue because there had been so many immigrants. They would have been used to that. They would have recognized their style of clothing. They would have recognized that, you know, it would have been very odd that no one have said, oh, they're just speaking um, Dutch or Flemish or whatever. Also, why don't they know how to eat a piece of bread? Yeah, exactly. Milk, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? And it doesn't explain the land of perpetual twilight. It doesn't explain the, um, I don't know. I mean, I, it's, I feel it needs reminding again. I mean, this is, this is the accounts of local historians that this is something actually took place, you know, that's still part of their, um, right. their lore today. So it's not like they're just like pulling this story out of the, out of the twilight, no pun intended, yeah. but you know, something took place with, with two children, a boy and a girl that were I mean, green in nature. I don't know. People, Weird. people in 2018 are like, they get released from the basement they've been raised in their whole lives yep. and they're like what is this world oh, so yeah, yeah, it's sure. not like it's not impossible that some horrible pe- people or parents or family they could have raised, been like, raised some kid you know kids in a cave or in a basement somewhere I mean, but honestly like you hear also stories of like the kids that have been left out in nature and they have their own language that's what i'm saying they could have if there's two of them they could have created their it's own like a language. nell situation and maybe, day in the wind. Yeah, so maybe they were. I mean, that that actually makes a lot of sense to me. Maybe they were. Maybe their family died and they yeah. ran into a cave and they or were they kids could have raising been, um, themselves and speaking their own language to one yeah. another in a cave. It will also explain why she could probably pick up English so quickly. Maybe they were shape-shifting wolves trapped in the uh, the wolf pit. <laughs> maybe. Mm-hmm. Hey, that would be kind of cool. That would be so. I mean, because I was hoping you would bring in some sort of, uh, you know, they make these wolf pits, something yeah. that... Uh, Related to that. Well, no, it's just that's what it was called. And a lot of gotcha. people think it's wool named after the the fabric. Oh, yeah. But it's actually short for wolf's pit. Right. Because so, that needs to be shortened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the opening of that story was like a Metallica music video. It's yeah, like the totally. Reapers in the field. Oh, totally. Wolf pits on yeah, the yeah, yeah, totally. It's, Little green children. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty metal. There's actually a, um, it's not, uh, it's a, it's not as hard rock, obviously, but there's a 10,000 thousand maniacs song that's based on a folktale about green children that were found in spain that was uh, uh, that's based on a story that was based on this situation uh, so the, right. you see this like green children thing come up a lot in popular culture if you if you look in the right places but that's it that's the uh, the green children of Woolpit. so thanks Dave Keith, for the recommendation of that strange. one strange yeah it is right? strange i feel like there's probably an explanation of some kind but yeah. it's more fun to think it oh yeah it's a cool story and i do love that it does for me it has that sort of fairy tale quality of it Mm -hmm. that land of of permanent twilight like that really captures my imagination yeah it's cool I, I like think that they, the one thing we know for certain is that they loved fava beans. Yeah, yeah. they were into them beans. Yeah. We don't know when Shakespeare raw. was born, but what yeah. we can say, yeah. Yeah. these yeah. kids. They like yeah. raw beans. Into those beans. Oh, oh God. Okay. Silence of the Lambs. Make the, the record wool. accurate of their bean loving. The wool yes. from the lambs, the silence. All, so all. many farts. 
It's all coming full yeah. circle. Okay, guys. Well, that wraps another episode of Bigfoot no! Collectors Club. I know, Tara, I know. we've loved having you. Thank Seriously, you so much. I'm just going to stay here. You can Please, do it. Yeah. You can do it if you out. want to. Um, <laughs> uh, we're going to record a bonus episode right after this. You're welcome to stick around. Uh, if uh, people want to find you, where can they find you? Um, Tara underscore Copeland. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't tweet, but I'm okay. there. It's there. Instagram. Sure. If you want to look at pictures yeah, of my kid, but don't right. be weird. Yeah, I don't, don't know, weird, guys. <laughs> yeah, don't be weird. Weird. Um, and I did uh, Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, Los Angeles. Yeah, I do a cool. show every Thursday at seven p.m. called Magic to Do. It's a fully improvised musical improv show. Oh, sweet. Oh, I haven't been to that. I gotta come see oh, that. It's so fun. And then we sometimes do gravid water together. Yeah, we do. That's a fun show. We've had a couple K- more kiss pizza. on the mouth. Yeah, it's it's gravid water month here on the show because we've had Kimmy and Scott here, which are all people That's I awesome. know from yeah. UCB. Great yeah. yeah, what a pleasure! Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank me. you so much, uh, Riley. Anything you need to plug or mention? No, just just come hang out with us in the Patreon, guys. It's yeah. a good time. Cool. Sounds good, <laughs> Bryce. Yeah, I am on Instagram at Mr. Bryce Johnson, and then on Twitter at Bryce O. Johnson. Ooh, Ooh. Bryce Delivery. O. Johnson. Yeah. Uh, and this is coming out a couple weeks. So I think uh, my NCIS LA episode is going to air very soon. Oh, great! Oh, the nice. The Sunday of the week you're listening to this. So beautiful. Check that out. It'll be on primetime television. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at McMills. Follow our Facebook page. Follow our Bigfoot Collectors Club uh, Twitter and Instagram page. We're gonna, you know, we uh, will post a bunch of uh, accompanying materials for this episode and all the other previous episodes and episodes to come. Uh, as always, I want to thank um, our guest Tara Copeland. I want to thank our producer Riley Bray. I want to thank my co-host Bryce Johnson, who Thanks, I pal. do not thank enough. Right back at you. And um, also, our music is by Sun Eaters from the. Uh, forthcoming song Come Alone uh, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records thank you so much guys we will see you next week Bigfoot Collectors Club see you then bye bye come see I swear <laughs> to light it may be against my Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. 
Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.